Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Okay, I'm not sure who is more shocked right now, me recording a podcast, or are you actually listening to a podcast? I know it's been a hot minute since you've heard a fresh new podcast from me, and you might already know the reason why, but if you don't, I thought I'd take a few minutes of this first podcast I'm telling you why I'm back and what I mean by I don't want this to be part of my story. Christmas, my goodness, did you have a good Christmas? That's the last we've talked is right before Christmas. I had a great Christmas. The kids just all got along. We played games. It was fabulous. Um, Right before Christmas, our son Joshua, who's 19, thought he had the flu. In fact, he thought he had tetanus. It was pretty cute. We teased him pretty hard because he looked up his symptoms of achy joints and fever and some puking, and he was convinced he had the horrible which is horrible, disease of tetanus or reaction to a rusty nail, even though he hadn't really stepped on a rusty nail. So, you know, for about two weeks, he was up and down and mostly better. And I just thought, man, this flu is kicking his tail and he's getting better. And then one morning he couldn't open a water bottle, something as simple as opening his water bottle. He couldn't do it. He didn't have the strength to do it. We noticed that he had a fever, took him into the pediatrician, did some blood work. At that point, she was thinking... I mean, it's not good, weird symptoms, but maybe rheumatoid arthritis at an early age. And so she was sending us out for that and was going to let us know about the blood work. Well, the very next morning, just, you know, not even, I don't know, 16 hours after leaving our office, we get the call to pack him up and take him to the ER and be plan- and plan to be admitted. His numbers were off, his blood platelets numbers, his white blood count, everything was off. And I'm sure the doctor knew what was happening. We still didn't know. We get there and I can still remember it. I'm just looking at the ER doctor when he's telling us that the tests have come back. Our son has leukemia. We're being taken by ambulance to the blood marrow unit, bone marrow unit um, downtown Atlanta. And I'm just thinking, what? Why are you telling me this? This is not our story. This is not our son. We we don't have cancer. We this is no, this is a healthy kid. <clears throat> Moms, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Everything goes out the window. All the worries of the world, all the worries of did they eat the right thing? Did they get their schoolwork done? All you can think in that moment is am I about to lose my kid? And We go back in the room, and I'm the one that tells him. And what's so crazy is, you know, he's got a funny sense of humor, and he was kind of joking around. He's like, what, do I have cancer of the hand, and that's why I couldn't open the bottle? And I looked at him, and I had to say, buddy, you actually do have cancer. And the look on his face, I'll never get this look out of my mind because it's the same look he had back in the orphanage only 10 years earlier when I had to leave him behind in the middle of the fight. And he looked at me with this desperation of don't leave me. Don't, don't let 
this be the end. And that is the same look of desperation on his 19-year-old face was, don't leave me, don't let this be my story. And I was thinking, I, I don't want this to be our story either. Lord, don't let this be our story. You know, I have enough to talk about. You know that. You listen to my podcast. I get to talk about play and I get to talk about hard stuff like adoption and even a daughter who's bipolar and the struggles that come with that and a blended family. I've got a lot. I, my story is pretty long. I can I can share lots of stuff. I mean, I can relate to lots of people. I, I mean, that's not even all of it. There's more I could share, but... I'm like, Lord, this this isn't this isn't our story. We're we're not gonna be the cancer family too. I don't know. I mean, we've not really had even that many people in our direct lives that have been directly affected. And I just couldn't keep it together. I cried and the front of the ambulance I'm riding with our son and the ambulance driver's trying to talk football and sports and I'm doing my very best to do that, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, please wake me up. Please let this be one of those times where I wake myself up to realize that this is a horrible dream, and I snuggle into my husband, as I often do after those moments, and I'm thankful that it was just a dream, but this wasn't the case. The next 48, 72 hours would be filled of more tests than I've ever seen a person endure poking and prodding and IVs and bone marrow biopsies and CT scans and MRI. He had a bleed on his brain at first and they were worried about that. And then we had to find out what type of leukemia it was. There's so many, I didn't even know there were different types. And his came back. It was almost a full week later of anxiety of what would be his prognosis. And it came back that he did have a rare form called CRLF2 leukemia. And uh, I was like, seriously, Lord, really? This too? Now, not only does he have it, he's got one of the rare ones. He's got one of the ones that's unpredictable. We don't know. And and goodness, here's the other thing, ladies. I had no idea. Like people are texting and calling and emailing and Facebook messaging me. And you are in such a zone that you have no idea what to even say. You just are, you're staring at these words from people and they don't even, you don't even know what to do. You just read them and, and you're numb. And boy, it didn't take me long to have great empathy when I read other people's Facebook posts. I thought I had empathy. Like I thought I was a pretty empathetic person when someone would share the story of, their daughter with cancer or their daughter with, you know, being hit by a car or a daughter having the flu and passing away. Or, I mean, pick the story. We hear them all the time. But even though I thought I understood and had empathy, I realize now I really didn't. I didn't understand the exhaustion of being in the hospital. There's a sweet adoptive mom that I follow on Facebook and her daughter has sickle cell anemia and she's always um, always in the hospital, it seems, right? And always making posts and doing these things. And I thought, you know, that's horrible. But now I know it's horrible. It's horrible to just not shower and it's horrible to not sleep and it's horrible to to not know how you can fix your kid or if you can fix your kid. It's horrible when you have somebody cut you off and you just want to freak out at them because you're so tired. And it's horrible when you go into Target to buy clothes to spend the night and the lady's like, oh, are you going on a vacation? And you blurt out, no, my kid has cancer. I'm buying clothes to stay at the hospital. It, it's a whole 
different world that I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. And I'm sitting here, gosh, I don't know, 10 weeks, 11 weeks later, still not wanting this to be part of my story. Motherhood is hard enough, right? We're dealing with toddlers who don't want to eat their food. We're dealing with preschoolers who have an opinion and they don't want you to be their friend. And we're dealing with um, babies who won't sleep through the night, never dreaming that they will grow up. And at 19, when he should be a senior, he's a senior in high school right now, he should be getting ready to ask a girl to the prom. Instead, he's bald-headed in his room, playing video games with friends online so that he can have some interaction because his immune system is so weak that he cannot even be around a lot of people. He can't go anywhere. He can go to the hospital and he can come home. And it made me think about all of us. What part of our story do we wish wasn't true? You know, maybe you were abused as a child. Maybe you were neglected. Maybe you have been in a hard relationship. Maybe you're in a hard relationship. Maybe you got married too early. Maybe you're not married now. Maybe you can't get pregnant. Maybe, I mean, I don't know what part of your story causes hurt. But I know we all have parts of our story that causes hurt. And I think the thing that this has caused me to do, and I'm probably going to cry on our podcast today, is that It's caused me to pause and to really try and remember that everybody has a part of their story that they don't want. They wish they could wash away, wipe away, delete, go back, redo, edit. And when we are quick to judge and we are quick, gosh, aren't we quick to judge? We are quick to jump on the train of what is wrong with her? What happened to her? What And we don't even know all the parts of people's stories. I don't know your parts of your story, and you don't even know all the parts of my story. Now you know a new part that's caused me to take a break. I couldn't even think about podcasting. What would I say? It's hard to to jump back in in the midst of that and go, Hey, make sure you're playing with your kids because now... I really do mean that with more of an urgency than I ever have. Like, I truly am like, we have no flipping idea what tomorrow holds with our family. I still don't know. Our son is scheduled for a stem cell transplant. Just that has been such an ordeal, trying to get a donor. It's, it's a nightmare. Do you know there are 4 million people in the donor registry And not one matched my son. Not one. So trying to find a stem cell donor has been a challenge. Right now we have one that's a half match. Which means not full match. But still enough to proceed with this. And if he doesn't have the stem cell transplant. The outcome isn't good for him. But right now we are scheduled to have it on April the 12th. Just a few weeks from now. And so, all the things that I talked to you about before December 28th, I still mean with everything in me, but I think the differences, I want to sc- 
grab you and hug you and say, most of it doesn't matter. Most of it doesn't matter, ladies. What will matter is, did you spend time with them today? Just yesterday, we're in the hospital. Josh wants to go all day from, we get up at five in the morning to go have tests run. He has to have a echocardiogram and he has to have a lung test and he has to have an MRI and he has to have of his brain and a CT scan of his whole body. And at one particular time, we're sitting in one of the rooms. We're all over the hospital. A mom walks in with her daughter and a grandma and they barely sit down. The mom opens a computer, starts watching. She hands the little girl her phone. She starts watching. The little girl's maybe three. She's watching. No interaction. I mean, I don't think there was one, not even a conversation about the phone. It was just handed her the phone. And look, I was guilty. I was watching my phone. My, my 14-year-old daughter is with me. She's watching her phone. So this is not a judgment. But it is a, are we... Are we grabbing those moments we have with them? Are we, all of us, sitting and talking and loving and hugging and reading and listening and singing and dancing? One of my favorite things. Can you believe I have favorite things about this horrible situation? But I do. One is walking the halls. Of the unit, he's in a special blood mirror unit. Everybody in there has a blood cancer. And we have to walk seven laps a day. We try and walk more. But my goal was to be goofy and silly and make him laugh and make him frustrated and make him talk. And I so enjoyed that time together. And now that he's here with me full-time, I can't leave him. It's much like having a baby all over again. have to get a babysitter for my 19-year-old. I can't leave him alone. The conversations we've had, the things we've talked about, the, the depth of our conversations have changed drastically. He has grown so much. And it goes back to one of the things I think Christy and I did a podcast about it. Early was, you know, if you want to have relationships with your kids when they're older, you've got to invest in that relationship when they're little. And I think it is so important because, again, big things happen to our kids. Big conversations. Even in telling Joshua that he had cancer, I was thankful for the relationship that I had with him, for the conversations we had had, that he could trust that I am for him. He could trust that I was going to be next to him during this whole fight. And he knows that I would not stop until we found him a stem cell donor, until we got the care we needed. I am a bulldog of a mom when it comes to that. But again, it goes back to the relationship. So today, this is all an encouragement just as we welcome you back. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. Maybe you found some other ones. Let me know what they are. I'm going to be needing to listen to some podcasts. But this one today, I want you to know you will have parts of your story you don't like either. You will have parts of your story you wish you could wash away as I do. Look for the gifts the monster brings. As Leslie Richards' husband said when her son got diagnosed with autism at an early age, what are the gifts the monster has brought? Write those down. That has stuck with me. What are the gifts 
of that in this part of your story. It is true that we use our pain to for good, right? We There have been two big organizations that have worked with Joshua, um, the Dear Jack Foundation and Game Changer um, Charity. Both of those organizations were started because someone faced cancer themselves. Um, Andrew McMahon's a musician, and he had leukemia when he was in his young early 20s, and so he started a foundation to help young adults. The Game Changer organization, the um, father and son started, the son had cancer, and games really helped him through that tough time. So I'm not sure what our story will be, how it will end, what we will do as a result of this cancer, how we won't be involved, but we will. We will add it to our story. It is added to our story. And Lord willing, God will use it for us to impact someone else. And he'll use your stories too, whatever they are. I mean, I pray your stories are no more complicated than your child didn't potty train when you thought that he or she would. Or I hope your story is no more complicated than, oh my gosh, how do I make dinner out of ground beef and some rice and cheese? Can I figure out a recipe? I pray that for your family. Truly, I do. I pray your story is simple and God can use that too. He can use us. It doesn't have to be a complicated, messy story for him to use it. He can use anything. But as those stories come, I pray that you will trust God. It's a hard thing to do. Easier to say. I've fallen on my face many a time saying, Lord, what in the world? Especially with Joshua. He lived his first 10 years in an orphanage. Only has been home for nine, and this is his story. But at the same time, had he not been adopted, I don't know where he would be. Probably not alive. So I know that the Lord is faithful in that as well. I'm glad you're back. Hey, next week we're going to have Carrie back on. She and I started the podcast together, and we're going to just catch up. We're going to talk about play. We're going to talk about saying yes. We're going to talk about all those things. So I hope you will tune in next week and listen to Carrie. And I hope you're doing well. Drop me a line. Let me know what's been going on. You can shoot me an email at Kathy at the Homegrown Preschooler. You can um, Facebook message me, The Real Kathy Lee, or Instagram. Also, if you're going to a homeschool conference, look for Leslie. Leslie is still traveling with the Homegrown Preschooler. I'm taking the year off. Actually had made that decision before this happened with Joshua, but God knew, of course. And so I will not be traveling this year, but I will be here. But if you're out, go see Leslie, tell her hello, check out our new summer curriculum that came out last year. Might be just what you need to help your kids get through the summer, help you get through the summer. So thankful for that. We will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.